So hello everyone and welcome back to the Virtue Podcast Safe Space. Today joining us we have Bailey, Miss Bailey. Hello everybody. Uh, we have Bailey with us today and just like other times, man, we just want to have conversations. The fact that the mic is here is just another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no time limit. We're just going to let it flow. Whatever happens, happens. We're here. But I do want to start by making a space, creating a space to where it's like, hey, Bailey, this is our first time meeting. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so that was all on you. Okay, so um, my name is Bailey. Mm-hmm. I am 24 years old. I am a second grade teacher. Um, I've been a second grade teacher for nine months now. I'm about mm-hmm. to wrap up my first year of teaching. Um, it's been a really interesting experience. Um, and it's been hard, but it's also, I know that the Lord has called me to do it. Okay. And so even though it's hard, it's okay because I know that's what the Lord has called me to do. And he doesn't just call us to easy things. No, so, not at all. you know, not at all. Um, it's been really great. Um, I live with my parents mm-hmm. and my siblings, and I am going to do that until they tell me I can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I will continue to not pay rent um, <sighs> and not pay for my car because it's old and paid off. Hey, man. Um, Blessings. And yeah, and I'm heavily involved in my church this spring's. Our church, we both go there. I think, yeah, I think I um, mentioned that. We both um, the same church. Yeah. Okay. I'm involved in kids ministry, worship ministry, young adults. Um, I'm about to be involved with prison ministry. Should be interesting. I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, that's pretty much me. A lot. A lot to take in. In such a short amount of time. No, but just thinking back um, to what you said about living with your family mm-hmm. and your siblings, and you're going to do that until they're like, hey, it's time for you to go. So there's like no urge to move out. There is, but there isn't. I definitely feel I want to be independent. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm not independent. You are. But I feel like I definitely could live on my own. Um, I just haven't. For financial reasons. Like, uh-huh. my parents have made it very clear that if I wanted to move out, I could, but I'm welcome to stay. Mm-hmm. And they are allowing me to stay. I do pay them some form of rent. It's more towards my car, like, the repairs that I've had to do. Um, But, yeah. So, I'm not, like, super trying to leave <laughs> because it definitely has allowed me to save money. Like, I'm going to Ireland in the summer um, for a missions trip and the savings that I have I'm using to pay for that mm. um, and so that has been really nice to have that extra in my pocket um, but yeah so I'm not super urgent but I also could I think if I really put my mind to it and got out of there so it's if it's there you wanted to you could do it right yeah yeah I definitely think so but you know I, I just find it interesting I mean Cause me, I was like, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm tired of y'all. Honestly, I, I'm about to move out. I put myself in debt to get out of here. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'll just do it. But a guy had other plans, obviously. Yeah. Uh, my beautiful wife. I'm not gonna take it away. I'm not gonna <laughs> act like it's a downer. It's a blessing in itself. But I just, for you to be like, I'm gonna stay there as long as I can. Yeah. Rent wise, definitely. I'm yeah. Like, hey, I'm moving in. If they had like, if they had like one of those en suites. 
where it's like hey, this is their house and then they have yeah. like a side where it's you know you have the kitchen the rooms the bath all that on its own uh-huh they wouldn't get me out of there but the fact that i have to wake up because <laughs> i'm gonna have my parents on here later but i'll wake up in the morning oh i won't even wake up my mom works night shift so she gets home in the morning mm-hmm. and then like i'll if I was in the position that I'm in now, where I'm like home constantly, and then my mom gets home in the morning, and then I'll be downstairs, she'll be like, "You're too loud," and I'm like, "I just opened the door. I <laughs> yeah. didn't even do nothing. I'm not stumbling or nothing." But yeah, I was just ready to get out of my parents' house. So you just say that. I'm just. Oh, like, I understand. Mm-hmm. And I love my parents. I think my relationship with my parents has had its moments where it was a lot more negative, mm-hmm. and there was an extreme desire to get out. Um, but I have parents who allow us to to speak our minds mm-hmm. um in an open and comfortable space yes there is opposition <laughs> at times um as you do with any like any person um but they have allowed us to feel comfortable enough to say what we need to say mm-hmm. not in a disrespectful way as soon as we get disrespectful it's shut down but like yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. but i love my parents and i we really get along well and i think if it were not the case i would be pushing really hard to get out mm-hmm. um but the way that our life is right now we're all on such different schedules mm-hmm. like my parents both work so they're going away i work in the daytime you know Mm-hmm. Um, so we barely cross paths anymore. And I think that makes me kind of sad because we used to be so tight knit, like so family oriented, always together. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Like we would eat dinner together every night. Um, but it's really not that season of life anymore. I think yeah. we're all growing up, I guess. Everybody's getting old. Yeah, for working. sure. Oh, I think about that a lot. Like my parents getting older and it makes mm-hmm. me so sad. <laughs> <laughs> like it really does. I saw a picture of my dad with our pastor's baby yesterday from Build a Bigger Table. Uh And I was like, oh my gosh, that man Mm. deserves to be a grandfather. (laughs) He deserves to be a grandfather. But I'm not going to be the one to give that to him. No. One day? One day. He deserves it. (laughs) Today is not the day. No, my sister, away. I can, she can do that. She's closer to that than I am. Hey, honestly. you're pushing out all of them, Emma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Emma, go do that. Go do time. that. When you're, you're married, time. please. Wait. <laughs> Just leaving it there. Wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait. I'm, I'm living Wait. large, man. Hey, and in charge. Large and oh, in charge. Oh, heck yeah. So we have that. And I feel like I could go, I could go so far down that hole, but. When I the first thought that came to my head, I was like, "Nah, I shouldn't put that energy out there." Cause I was like, "Everybody's getting old, mm-hmm. everybody's working." And I remember we was like kids, and we would eat at the table together. Mm-hmm. And then me and my brother and sisters would go play, and and I just start getting depressed. And I'm like, maybe I should stop talking about this. <laughs> maybe this should not be on the forefront of my mind. I'm just like, oh, and my brother's always at work. Mm-hmm. My sisters are always working. When they get home, they're tired. They go upstairs. Right. And then I realize, hold on, I don't even live with them anymore. No. Like I, I go to my parents' house to visit. I used to go there to go to sleep. Now I'm <laughs> visiting and I'm like, oh my goodness. Wait, I have a wife. And it's like, yeah. oh my goodness. My dad and my mother, technically they're grandparents. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to think about this yeah. anymore. To so think about like, there's no getting younger. Oh no. There's every day you're getting older. Every day. It does not stop. <laughs> every passing second is the second <laughs> you're not getting back. But you know, I'm not gonna go. Every home. second you're the oldest that you've ever been. Mm-hmm. You know? And you're hey, it's not coming back. 
Oh, no, it's not. Not coming back. It's just fleeting. No. And this very second that we're sitting here doing this podcast, who knows what we could have done with this hour, right? Right. Nobody knows. No. We're going to do this because we're here. We're going to do this because we're here. Exactly. Right. <laughs> we're going to get off that. We're going to get off that because I'll go all day. But um, let's go to the ministry. Okay. Because as you said, you're heavily involved in a lot of different ministries. Yeah. So just break break it down for me as I'm trying to picture what got you started in all this where do you serve from all this? And where does your time come to do all this? <laughs> if we have seven days in the week and you serve and well, you name what, four or five? How many, however yeah. many you kids uh, worship, uh, as you say, you're going to start in prison. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'm missing some other ones. You're a yoga dose. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, might not be directly, but I know you have your hand on a lot of things going on there. Uh, and just like these ministries, where do you serve the time, mm-hmm. the heart? The energy, along with like being a full time teacher and dedicating your life to kids, and then turn around and have to dedicate your life again to another spot. Like, how do you juggle all of this? That's a really great question, and it's really hard. And I don't <laughs> feel like I do it well sometimes. Okay. Um, I think it comes from me being single. One. Um, and so that uh, frees up a lot of my time. Like I'm not having to give so much to a relationship mm-hmm. where like you and Liesl are like having to be with each other and fostering that relationship. Um, I can kind of just do whatever I want, you okay. know, and go wherever I want at whatever time. And um, so there's that part. But it's also I started in ministry because I grew up in it. Like my dad was a pastor mm-hmm. and up until us moving up here, he was a pastor. And so I kind of have grown up in this life of, of service. And I thought when we moved up here that it was going to like, I was going to take a break and um, just kind of chill and not be involved with anything. But as soon as we got to the Springs, I think I took like three months off and then immediately jumped back, back into it. Um, because ultimately it's not about myself. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm serving the Lord. I'm, I'm building his kingdom and I want to do whatever he's asking me to do. You know, I love kids, so I serve in kids ministry. Um, I have a heart for worship, so I serve on the worship team. Um, I love the young adults that we have at the church, so I'm a young adult leader. So I'm involved with all these things because I love to serve and I love to do it unto the Lord. The issue is sometimes I have to check myself because I don't want to do anything that is coming from just keeping myself busy. Like I'm just doing this to keep myself busy or I'm just doing it to feel good Mm -hmm. because I'm serving. Um, And so I'm constantly having to check myself before I put another thing on my plate of, are you doing this because you want people to think you're a good person Um, or it's going to make you feel good or because the Lord has called you to it and you know that you're supposed to do it. And so, like, prison ministry is a recent thing that I've added to the list of ministries I'm involved in. And that's, like, barely off the ground. Mm-hmm. I've only just turned in the application. Okay. Um, but I have been feeling for a while that that was something that I was interested in and wanted to be involved in. But I was honestly too scared to sign up for it because I was like, well my testimony is like whatever like what do i have to offer to these women who have been through so much 
Um, and I was saying that to, I guess, a friend of ours at the church, Baylor. Mm. And he was like, you just have to show up and you just have to be there for them and pray for them. And that was one of the, another older gentleman, gentleman, <laughs> his name is Lenny. He's a sound guy for our church and is involved with pr- prison ministry, was saying the exact same thing. He's like, don't let yourself stop you from doing this. Mm. Like, go and pray for these women and encourage them. You have the light of Jesus inside of you. That is what they need. Like, it's not about you. It's about <laughs> it's about Christ. Oh, <laughs> and, oh. and I was like, well, I have no defense anymore uh-huh. because it's, None of this is about me. Like none like me serving in kids ministry has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with raising up the next generation who loves Christ and serves Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, serving in young adults has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. It is to uh minister to my peers and show them Christ, you know, so that we iron sharpens iron. Yep. Um and worship ministry has nothing to do with me either. <laughs> It's all because I feel like I've been given a gift from the Lord with musical ability, and I want to use that to help move people into the presence of God. Every, and it's not dependent on every me. Time, every time I hear just a reassurance for some, when somebody's like participating in ministry, and they're like, it's not about me. I'm like, thank you. I, it just it just wells me up inside. I'm like, all right, good. I can I can get behind you because you know that it's not you that we're behind, right? Yeah. But just to hear that is reassuring. I didn't want to. Yeah. Take it off on that tangent, but you said you serve out of what God is doing in your life, as far yeah. as I mean, rather than working out of like, okay, I'm doing this to be busy mm-hmm. and. You mentioned the relationship, mm-hmm. even though I feel like you could still do it with relationships. Oh, you definitely right? could. But I uh, saw something from Jackie Hope Perry the other day, mm-hmm. and she was like, one of, this, one of these girls at one of her conferences asked, like, what is your encouragement to single people? And she was just talking about how right now with your life, you have the most time to do things for the Lord and spend time with the Lord than you will ever have. And I was like, you know what? She's thinking right. Like, why am I not making the most time that I have with the Lord while I've got it? Mm -hmm. And so my perspective now is to do as much as I can for him until there are other things that are going to require my attention. That will require me to be with him too. Like, because it's not like you and Liesl are together and he's not in it. He's definitely in it. And you're definitely bringing him into it every time. But it's like you have other things to worry about outside of being a part of four different ministries that pull you in different directions. You have to work on this podcast. You have things that you're doing for him outside of this. You're working on your relationship with Liesl. Mm -hmm. Like you're building that. And I don't have that. I've got other stuff that I've got to do over here. But that doesn't make either one of us any less valid Mm -hmm. or any better than each other. Because we're doing this or we're doing that. Like, it's all for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's all for the Lord's glory, you know? At the end of the day, you know? Yeah. And I hope one day I'll be in a relationship where we can run beside each other, going in the same direction, doing the same, not necessarily the same things, but we're both uh, ministry and mission oriented. Mm-hmm. I don't want somebody who's going to be like on the sidelines, like, ah, I don't know if I want to be involved. I don't know, whatever. Like, I'm 
fully committed to serving the Lord. I want someone who wants to fully serve the Lord as well. And it may not be being part of foreign ministries. I may have to cut that back. Mm-hmm. Like, but as for the time right now, I Lord have the time, so I'm going to give my time. Yeah. So we're going to take it on this. We're going to take it on this road just because why not, right? Mm-hmm. So you get a chance to make the ideal fellow for you, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you get to put all your wants into this person. Mm-hmm. Mind you, we're going to make this list, but we're going to have the heart and the posture to know that, you know, it's figments of our imagination, right? right? This is it's God's ability to come and rip this up. It's so. Mm-hmm. But break that down for me. What, is, what does that look like? I'm curious. Um, first of all, he loves the Lord with okay. all of himself. All of it. Um, he's kind. He's generous with his time. Um, with his money, mm-hmm. um, he's generous with his love too. Okay. Um, you know, he he doesn't meet a stranger. Um, he is considerate of people's feelings, of just their circumstances. Um, what else? What else? He is strong emotionally and okay. physically. Okay. Um, he prioritizes the things that are important. Um, that being his relationship with Christ, like his relationship with me, his relationships with people that are around him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just want someone who cares about others, like genuinely cares about others. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? He's funny. He likes movies, but he doesn't have to be like, like a stickler about it you know okay. he just likes going to the movies because okay. i like going to movies <laughs> um he listens to good music whatever that may be um these are we're, we're getting into that to that um not it's not circumstantial the no yeah that i'm looking at the, the word i'm looking for is is oh my goodness my mind just went blank um, those are the it, things that could or could not happen and i would not care about them yeah but i my issue is the heart my issue is his character. Like, yes. I want him to be a stand-up guy. Like, people can look at look at him and be like, "I can depend on him." What if he's in a wheelchair? That's fine. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Christian! <laughs> I was on the. I was on the. I was talking about it back. I oh my gosh. Well, you know what? He can still be dependable even if he he's in a wheelchair. He can still be a stand-up guy in a wheelchair, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're not physically bound. Oh my bound gosh. No. Okay? No. But he'll be good-looking by my standard. I don't care if nobody else thinks yes. he's good-looking, yes. but I'll think he's good-looking. And that's what's important to me, you know? There's this word I want to use so bad, but my mind is blank because you started talking about... Um, he has to be funny. And I was like, oh, well, that depends. What's your sense Funny to me. Okay, funny yeah. to you. Okay, it's yeah. like, it's not, it doesn't have Good to be music. a universal funny. Uh-huh. But I want him to be my best friend. Okay. And I love to laugh. So I at least want, you know what else I want? I want him to respect me. <laughs> I would hope. Yeah. That's like I want him to respect me. Like, respect, 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 like, me as a person and uh-huh. my thoughts and my opinions um and want to know what i think mm-hmm. i think and want to know me fully like my heart and my mind and all that kind of good stuff so right now we're just like we're giving out free game 
so if this is for the guys who may be listening and maybe looking at Bailey. So now you you just got back on you. You got the notes, right? We just yeah. went through class. So yeah. you got the notes. You need to go back home and you need to reflect on what you're doing. Right. What this list say you need to be doing. And then I'm not saying make yourself for her, but do better. Because I don't feel like anything that she asks is outrageous, right? No. Nothing was outrageous, but everybody in their own season yeah. has something that they need to work on. Mm-hmm. So um, just, just look at your sheet. Mm-hmm. Review your notes. Go back home. Get the studying, um, and get yeah. the praying because you're gonna need God with that. Especially with the heart thing, man. Mm-hmm. It's hard for our, for us. Innately, we're not we're not nice people. Innately, mm-hmm. our heart is deceitful. It's evil, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, all all that heart posture stuff, man. Yeah, get get right with God. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, and this is, is all stuff that is like stuff that I can be doing too. Mm-hmm. I it shouldn't be too much for me to ask of a person if I like. I should be able to do it myself, yeah. you know, so I need to be kind. I need to be generous. I need to be caring. Um, I need to be patient. I Like, I need to love well. And I need to make sure that while I'm not with this dude, that I'm preparing myself in those ways so I, I can be that way for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to look at it in the lens. All the things that I'm listing, I should be able to do myself, yeah. you know. You should mm-hmm. you ho- your end of the bargain in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But now that we have the notes and the guy is there, I want to know your perception on relationships and love. Like, mm-hmm. okay, um, in the sense of this, do you believe in soulmates? Do you believe that there is one soulmate? Or do you believe that there's potential for everybody to find a different person uh, I said that wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you believe in one soulmate? Like one person has one soulmate. Like there's one person out there meant for you. And until you find that person, you won't find love. Or do you believe in, um, hey, you have a chance with this person, this person, this person. Whoever you choose to get closer, the closest to will then in turn become a soulmate. Oh, no. I see that would be really hard for me to like think about because uh-huh. uh, so I love really, really hard. Yeah, yeah. And so for me to have the perspective of, oh, there's only one person for everybody, <laughs> I would be like, I would be really depressed after the ending of my last relationship, <laughs> you know? Out of the seven billion people, you have to find one. Right. Who and I, so I don't subscribe to okay. that, that line of thinking. Um, I'm more like, if these two people can make it work mm-hmm. and it is at least for Christians, like yeah. God centered and they're both seeking the Lord and there's no sin issues in it. And like, there's no like glaring problems as in like abuse or mm-hmm. anything like that, then give it a go. You know, I'm like if they're trying. both attracted to each other, if they both love each other, then give it a go, you know, because then I, I feel like saying there's only one person for everybody. I mean, being a, being a monogamous, like not like, yeah, monogamy is key. But like, say somebody like the spouse dies. Yeah. Like to say that person is gonna be alone forever because that was their only person. True. True. I don't know if I believe in that. Uh, and then in cases of divorce, like where there has been abuse in the past relationship, mm-hmm. this person is just gonna be single forever because that abuser was their one and only. Him you know. That could be the excuse to say that wasn't the one. If they're abusive, then that just wasn't the one. So you have to move. Right. If they die, that's fair. 
game's the game. That wasn't the one, right? That's fair. <laughs> just like, hey, bro, you, didn't, you didn't make it to the checkpoint. So it's like, all right. That's just not your soul, right? Man, so that's fair. In the case of the people who do believe in that, um, mm-hmm. not that I've ever met any, right? but in the case of somebody that, that believes, hey, there's one person out there for me, mm-hmm. and they get married or they come and they find themselves in a relationship mm-hmm. with a person that they believe is a soulmate, mm-hmm. that death means, hey, it's not a soulmate, right? Mm-hmm. It's just know. something I threw out. Oh, yeah. I understand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's just different seasons of life that you're in, you know? Um, God brings different people into our life and if there are two people that are willing to make it work and love the Lord and are seeking after his heart then by all means go for it yeah go for it all right so somehow we went from ministry into love but mm-hmm. you know that's just how conversations go but I want to take it back to ministry for a second mm-hmm. and you say you serving kids ministry mm-hmm. and you're serving young adults ministry mm-hmm. um this is in in my eyes this is one place where you can pour out mm-hmm. well and both you pour out right yeah. both you can pour out but then in another where we have like these ministries i don't want to say segregated we have these mini- ministries categorized um by age groups right mm-hmm. therefore we can pour out and then some and then we can be poured into and others with that being said how often or like frequent do you find yourself in engulfed in like the young adults ministry as it is and feel as if you're being poured into? Hmm. I definitely feel like I'm being poured into with young adults. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am a leader, but I'm also being poured into by the other people that are in the ministry mm-hmm. that are they don't even have to necessarily be leaders. To be pouring into me um they're just my friends yeah and i think that's really where i'm finding the pouring in is through those relationships it's not necessarily me just giving 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 it's as a leader like i'm trying to facilitate what we have going but just in the relationships that i build with my friends like that definitely pours back into me um as far as kids ministry like I just have a passion for the kids mm-hmm. and something that Pastor Lauren, the youth or not the youth pastor, the kids pastor has um, had the idea of is that there's no junior Holy Spirit. And so like teaching the kids, that the Holy Spirit is real and yeah. that he's always with us and that he is within us. If we have Christ, like that is the biggest thing for me. Why, why I stay in kids ministry is seeing these kids grow up, um, knowing about that so early Mm -hmm. like when i was growing up i was raised in church but i don't think i ever had some of the things being explained to me the way they are being explained to the kids right now Mm -hmm. like she does a phenomenal job i say that as one of her former employees i was a kids ministry intern for six months before i started teaching and i thoroughly enjoyed my my time with her as my boss. I tell her that she's my favorite boss that I've ever had. Um, I forgot about that. She, it was a, it was a time ago. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, it was actually this time last summer. I was an intern. Yeah. Um, and just working with her, like they had a whole sermon series about worry and anxiety, mm. and how we can combat that. Um, a whole. Uh, a whole series on Peter on his life and learning about that. And they just finished up a uh, series on missions work and how important it is 
for us to support missionaries, but for us to be missionaries our to our effect. communities. Yeah. Like, I don't remember ever, ever learning about that kind of stuff when I was little. Yeah. But I enjoy my time there. So me getting poured into in young adults just kind of stirs me to go pour back in somewhere else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I know it's like some people feel whatever about young adults here and there. Like we're all in different spots, at least Definitely. for me right now, it is a vital part of my life mm-hmm. and it's very necessary for the things that I'm dealing with and um, for the people that I'm with. Yeah. Definitely. And I just want to throw this out there because it's on my heart. But that's just like no intent, no tr- not trying to bad mouth the young adults in any way. No, I, yeah. I appreciate all that they've done um, for me mm-hmm. and then for my relationship as a whole. But I, I put that on a, on a platter, I guess, in a way to deliver it as w- with this as a follow up. Mm-hmm. Um, being a leader in these ministries Mm -hmm. especially one like kids and then you know we have youth as well but like Mm -hmm. being a a minister a a leader in these ministries Mm -hmm. and then like you said you've been in a place you've been in these kids place before Mm -hmm. and the fact that they have this information and uh chances to learn this knowledge at such a young age but at the same time being in these ministries as a kid and then now being in one as an adult and then knowing what it feels like to be as a kid mm-hmm. and then trying to translate to that to that in the adult stage, like looking down at the kids and be like, OK, I could do some of these things better or I can like do some of these things without the the harsh attitude that may come to the end of it. I say that all to like create um, an environment of how would how do you how do you minister to these to, to anyone? Right. Whether that be young adult, youth or, or kid in a way that like fulfills the old you like being that that adult that you needed as a kid Mm -hmm. without putting the trauma into it (laughs) (laughs) how do you package that um i think i just have to approach it like i don't know with love and with grace i think Mm -hmm. i you know we've been doing these things are called impact books and it basically teaches you about the fruit of the spirit and how christ embodied the fruit of the spirit um and going through those books for me has been kind of like holding up a mirror to myself Mm -hmm. and really pinpointing all the ways all of my failings basically (laughs) and how i do not measure up to christ at all um and so like because of that it has impacted the way i see my relationships and how i how I work in those ministries, you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to love more. And so Christ is going to put me in a place. Jesus is going to put me in a place where sometimes it's hard <laughs> and it's Especially hard. Kids. Oh yeah. It's Especially hard to love kids all the time, but it's like, I need to be stretched. It's yeah. hard to be patient all the time, Oof. but I need to be patient and I need to be stretched. <laughs> You know, and so just kind of looking at his example of patience, you know, like and his his love and his kindness, you know, going to the cross, you know, Mm -hmm. continually loving people, loving his enemies who did not want anything to do with him, who put him on that cross, you know, like (laughs) that's like the ultimate example. And I think that's I think that's where it comes from for me is just looking at Christ's example 
Um, and you're you're right though. It's me being who I wanted to see mm-hmm. for them. You know, like be better than what I had before. And it wasn't that it wasn't that I had anything was necessarily wrong with my upbringing in mm-hmm. church. Like it wasn't that. I just feel like. It wasn't as in-depth as it could be. And I want to be able to take these kids deeper too. Mm-hmm. you know. And so that's kind of how I look at it. Is, um, I want to go deeper than I had when I was a kid. And, you know, I don't know what, what they're going to do when they get older. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether they're going to choose Christ when they get older. I don't know what decisions they're going to make when they get older. But I can hope and I can pray and I can do the best that I can right now with the time that I've got with them to impart some kind of wisdom and just kind of be an example that they can look at in their life of that was a person who showed Christ's love to me mm-hmm. um, and who they can look up to in the future of how they want to live their life. You know, that's the biggest thing for me is just being an example. Um, somebody who little Bailey could have needed and could have had, you know? Yeah. And, definitely i get that i guess my is it i don't know if it's like a struggle point or mm-hmm. it's just like something that i often think of or i often like refer back to is the fact that um being in a uh, youth ministry it's just like okay mm-hmm. i get to now help these kids or these students that's what your cards call them i get to help these students at, at the point where i was at and then I look back on who I was at that point. I'm like, okay, this was a point that um, if I had an adult there, it would have been great to have. Or, mm-hmm. you know, this section of my life was hard because I felt alone and mm-hmm. I was by myself at that point. But then I have, then I sit back a little bit and I'm like, wait, how can I like do this without projecting? How can I like help them? And, and something that I may see, because at the same time, Little Christian wouldn't want to open up about this. Right. I, this I wouldn't been as keen to like be like, hey, this is my problem and this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. So an adult, rather than I would want them there. So it's like, how do, in my mind, I'm like, okay, how can I go and be like, hey, I see you, mm-hmm. but I know you're not willing to talk or open mm-hmm. open enough to talk about it, but I see you and I know what it looks like. But at the same time, what if I'm wrong, right? right. What if I'm just going to this right. kid and I'm projecting my life on them? Right. And I guess that's what I mean when I'm like I'm talking about oh, yeah. ministry without the trauma. Youth ministry is definitely a different bear than kids ministry, for sure. Yeah, but you have young adults. And I do, yeah, I do have young adults too. But I think it's easier for young adults to open up to each other. But I think really what it comes back to is relationship. Mm-hmm. Is it like, even though it's hard for you because you think you're projecting or you don't know how to approach it, I think it's just continually toiling that ground, Mm -hmm. you know, like continue to build that relationship with the kids to the point where they're like, all right, that guy's cool. I'm going to open up to him. And it may, gosh, Christian, it may take a really long time. It may, you know, it it may take a long time for them to feel like, because if we put it back to you, like, would you have opened up so quickly to someone that you don't really know that well? Of course not. You know? And so even though it's not happening within the time that you think it is, like the Lord knows the timing of it all. Mm-hmm. You know, it may it may be next week. It may be next year. But, you know, continue to <laughs> continue to just to uh, foster that relationship and, and put forth effort to it, you know? Because mm-hmm. I think we're kids 
where you lose kids is by putting the effort and then being like, you know what, I'm not seeing anything, I'm going to back off. Yeah. You know, they need consistency. Whether they're five or whether they're 15 or whether you're 25, we need consistency. And so you just being there as someone that they can look up to and is consistently showing up for them that is not wishy-washy, one foot in, one foot out, you know, doesn't give them time, you're going to see fruit from that. And it may not be right now. It may be years from now where they say, you know what, Christian, like you had a huge impact on my life. I never told you, mm-hmm. but I looked up, I looked up to you. I looked up to your relationship. I looked up to the way that you can like conducted yourself. <laughs> That's not happening. I don't know what that <laughs> like, is. Just uh, all of it. Um, yeah. And I understand like not wanting to be like, oh, well, that kid looks like me when I was younger. Like yeah, yeah. he's being secretive. He's kind of off to himself, you know, like. Yeah, know you know, you but at the same there, time, like, what if you're not wrong? What if I'm not? What if you're not wrong? And he's just waiting for the moment, you know, to say something to someone or you being someone saying something to them, you know, saying, I see you, you know, mm-hmm. when I was younger, I, I struggled with this or and you don't even have to go through that. Like, you just remind me of myself when I was younger. Yeah. You know, but they're not going to receive that from somebody that they don't know. You know, so it's the continual, even when it sucks, even when it's like, this kid is giving me nothing. Yeah. Like, absolutely nothing. Homie won't even text me back. <laughs> like, you know? like hey, kids. come out to this youth event we're having red. You know, like. You go through the message, it's just all me. <laughs> it's, it's all blue. Nothing. It's all nothing. blue. Everything's blue. I'm like, all right, cool. But like, You'll it's that, it's that consistency, you know, mm-hmm. like. And it, I think that will allow you to sleep at night too, knowing <laughs> that you did everything that you could. You yeah. know, you did you did your part. Take um, the what ifs off the table. Definitely. You know, like, and that's all that that's all that you can ask for is you doing your part. You know, and being there for these kids. So I wouldn't be too hard on yourself to be like, oh, what if this is not happening? You know, like, what if I'm projecting? Like, no, man, just give it time, let it grow. Yeah. So I got from that that I should just like smack them over the head with the Bible. <laughs> you know like a a nice a nice bible verse every day you know like i mean whatever you want to do to build the relationships with your kids you know physically oh yeah (laughs) that works too (laughs) (laughs) that works too physically just grab a bible and hit them just grab a bible as you're walking down the aisle just a little slap and and then hopefully the holy spirit will get a hold of them and and they start shouting in the corner i think that'd be cool (laughs) i think that'd be good I think I'm going to do that. Oh, okay. Wednesday's coming up. I got my plan. Oh, yeah. This Wednesday. Um, this Wednesday. Catch him at uh, Radiate Youth, guys. Smacking kids <laughs> with Bibles. Catch me uh, um, on the JSO page on Facebook because your boy got locked up. Either way. Oh, my God. No kids will be harmed this week. No, Next no, week they will later. not. Um, But no, let's take it back. Let's take it back to Bailey. Let's take it back to Bailey. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have your ministry. You understand mm-hmm your heart for ministry and yeah. where you serve from. We understand your, I don't know how we got there, but we understand what you look for in a guy now. <laughs> Great. And I just want to take it back a little bit mm-hmm. because you mentioned that you used to uh, be an intern at the church. Mm-hmm. All right. So now let's take it back to that, Bailey. Okay. Intern at the church. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want you to visualize yourself there and then visualize yourself now. Mm-hmm. And then let's just take a moment, all ears, and let's just appreciate the progression. Mm-hmm. The time that it may have took. Yeah. 
the lessons you may have learned. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a safe space, so yeah. I, we'll only take the transparency and the vulnerability that you give us. Yeah. But just walk us through what it looked like from, we said last year, mm-hmm. from last year to now. From working there yeah. to, you know, just serving there voluntarily. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of things have changed within me. Not necessarily being shaped by that mm-hmm. that time. Um, excuse me. Yeah. I... I learned a lot about serving with others and working with others. Um, that it all comes back to patience. It all comes back to kindness. It all comes back to self control. Comes back to the fruit of the spirit and having a relationship with Christ and relying on the Holy Spirit. Um, because I think people think that ministry is going to be perfect, mm-hmm. but it's not perfect at all because it's run by humans. Yeah, and it is. It's not like every other workplace because it is Christ-centered, but it is like every other workplace because Supposedly. we're human, you know? Like, it's, that's true. There, <laughs> there are times when it, it can be not as Christ-centered yeah. as it should be, um, but that's on us. Again, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's the human factor. Um, and so your coworkers do get on your nerves, and, you know, you don't want to have to do things sometimes, and... You still have to do them because you're getting paid to do them and your boss told you to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was never the case with Pastor Lauren. I loved everything that I did for her. But, like, you know, like, I was an intern. So, yes, I worked for kids ministry, but I kind of did everything, you know, that they asked me to do. And one of those things was I would have to run child care for women's Bible study. And... Mm. There were days where I really didn't want to have to do that. Like, I didn't want to have to sit in a classroom with, like, four kids who were crying and didn't want to be there. And, you know. I don't want to be here either. Out of that, you know, like, I built relationships with their parents. And that was great. Uh Um, And kind of started my relationship, like, with the kids. Like, knowing them from that. And then moving into kids ministry of just serving as a volunteer and not necessarily being paid to serving kids anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think Bailey last year at this time was still really hardcore looking to please everyone. And you know, what's what Bailey this time this year is doing. What is Bailey doing now? doing that but less so (laughs) (laughs) and she don't care about what nobody gotta say but a little bit a little bit it's a a percentage of what was last year oh for sure for sure like i want to please people i want to give all of myself because at the core of it i want to be accepted i want Mm -hmm. to be seen as someone that's dependable um because i think that's where my worth comes from Mm. that's not actually where my worth comes from um so i would say yes to things and when i didn't want to say yes to them Mm -hmm. you know i didn't want to go do this thing but i don't want you to think i'm a flake so i'm gonna say yes to it i'm gonna do it anyways like that kind of sucked and that was part of part of working there um that was kind of hard but that's stuff that I'm, i'm learning within myself that is across the board. It's not just because I worked there. It's learning how to say no mm-hmm. um, to things that I don't want to do or don't feel like I should be doing. Like, 
why am I going to go be a part of a ministry that I don't have any calling towards? Like, I don't want to do, I don't want to be a part of this. So why am I going to set myself up for that? You know, mm-hmm. that would just lead to me resenting my time and not actually serving with a loving and caring heart. Um, and so, yeah, intern internship was a really hard time because it also like uh, made me really rely on the Lord financially mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't get paid that much to be an intern, especially because I wasn't just an intern. I was a part-time intern. Okay. So the first three months of my internship, I was babysitting for a teacher friend of mine who is now we both work at the same school. We're on the same grade level. Um, so that's really cool. But like I was doing that from January to February, like end of February, maybe the beginning of March. And then that stopped. So that was three days that I was not getting paid anymore. Oh. And then I was started working at the church. Like the only like when I was working at the church, I was only working like three days too. So, you know, at least like, yeah, at least okay. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at the church. And I was Friday. doing Monday, Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday. Actually, no, I was only babysitting two days, so I was doing Monday, Tuesday babysitting, Wednesday at the church, Thursday also at the church, but not paid, and then Oof. Friday paid, and then Sunday paid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Help me, Lord. Help me, Holy Spirit. All right. I want to, um, like, I'll be having, like, five thoughts for every one sentence you say. So, I'm really, while I'm listening, I'm trying to, like, narrow it down. Mm-hmm. But while you go, I'm like, okay, um, she's talked a little bit about that, so I can go this way. And mm-hmm. then she's like, you know. Yeah. But I have so many questions. Um, I, to stay on track. Yes. To really get to the heart of this all right because Mm -hmm. you said people pleasing you didn't say people pleasing but that's what we're going with right Mm -hmm. people pleasing and the approval approval of others because i don't think i I was was ever like a a people pleaser and that Mm -hmm. may be just from the fact that i'm the youngest so it's not Mm -hmm. like i I had issues of receiving love from my parents or nothing my family loved me me. um Mm -hmm. it was shown i received it and but i got to a point to where it's like I love hard as well, right? So when it comes to people that I interact with, um, I'm like, hey, this is me. Here's me. Here's more of me. And I'm going to give you all of me. You know? And it's like, uh, and it gets to a point to where, like, I don't, I've given, like, me and the rest of me. Like, I've given all of me and some, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, but I don't feel the same. Like, I don't feel like I'm receiving you. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, like I said, this might be counter Christian to me. Um, the Bible at me, uh, but it's like I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I can no longer overextend myself to these people, right? Because mm-hmm. I'll give someone all of me and then they'll turn around and they'll leave. So I've resulted to the fact, or not even really resulted, because I'm in a place to where I have like, okay, I have my key friends, I have my wife. It's not like much more I'm looking for outside mm-hmm. of that rather than the people yeah. God puts in my heart. But I, I was at the fact, I was at the point where I was like, hey, I'm going to give you me. Mm-hmm. After I give you me, I can only reciprocate what's given back. And a lot of times I face the fact that, oh, these people aren't going to be what I expected them or what I wanted them to be, right? Yeah. But that 
that denial from that denial that they gave me with only like surface level conversation is a lot of times how I put it. It's like, oh, I go in a conversation with somebody and I'm one that likes to get deep, right? I don't really care for small talk. If you want a small yeah. talk, like there's millions of people that have small talk with you, don't come to me. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the reason why I don't talk to a lot of people. But it's like, <laughs> uh, I, when I when I talk, I want to know how you're doing. Like, tell me how you're doing. Like the past seven days, you have so many emotions. Tell me all of them, right? Mm-hmm. But some people just don't. But once yeah. I give you me, I can't I can't go dig back and give you more of me because if you're not willing to reciprocate in my in my book, this is not Bible based. If you're not willing to reciprocate in my in my um in my books, then it's not really worth the chase. It's not really worth the giving that I have potential to do, but I just can't yeah. give it to you because you're not willing to give anything back to me. And there's like there's ones that you know you need to give more to than you're getting out of. I get that, but. The friends that I found, you know them. It's like I I give yeah. them and they give me this, and then it's just like we can really balance each other out. But it yeah, came but through the denial. Like I didn't find them off off rip. They weren't the first people that I've contacted when I got to the church. But it was through the fact of going like, hey, my name is Christian. This is me. Da da da. We hang out a couple of times, and I'm just like, oh, all this is surface talk and banter. Like I don't really care for this. You know, I'm looking for something mm-hmm. deep, something purposeful. Um. But it comes with the hurt, and it comes with the hey, okay, this person off the list. This person off the list. Try this person, and you, because I've had, um, I've had outlooks on people, um, before I even have conversations with them, because I see how they interact with other people, and I'm like, oh, I want that relationship. That's kind of cool, and it's yeah. like, okay, I'm willing to risk like maybe a couple maybe months just to get to a point where you realize that hey, I'm down for a friendship. You know, yeah, you know, intimacy is something my eyes you have to earn you don't you can't just go yeah. off rip and be intimate with somebody rather than building a friendship and getting to the point where you're like hey okay this is what's going on in my life so i'm willing to risk like those couple meetups that couple months of friendship <laughs> yeah you may not be giving me all of you to be like okay we're finally at the moment now i deserve it right and uh mm-hmm. nothing it falls flat and you're just like oh that kind of sucks because it's like i've given you me so much to where it's like i feel like you know me or if you were listening or cared mm-hmm. enough, you will actually yeah. know who I am, right? Um, but I don't know how I got there. I just be yeah. talking, but it's just the but fact of you know. Sometimes, rather than being the one to jump, because I said that before, I feel like I mentioned it before. I'm the one that will go off the deep end as soon as oh, I yeah. meet somebody, right? I'm oh, like, okay, oh, yeah. fine, I'll jump. You can follow me if you want to. But then it's to the point <laughs> where now I have to like, yeah. I sit back and I'm like, okay, are you willing to jump? If you're yeah. not. I'm I'm just walking away, right? Yeah. In the, in the nicest yeah. way possible. I'm not like in a friendship, but I'm like, oh, oh I'm yeah. not going. I'm going to take that expectation off you. And I think a lot of times, yeah, I have expectations I, for myself, so I have I high expectations for others, and uh, the high expectations destroys me sometimes. So I can only guess and like really look at how much the high expectations for other people can destroy them. Mm-hmm. But um, it goes through the pain, it goes through the hurt, and I just want to submit that to you, just because that was something oh, I, yeah. you know, I find it interesting that. I don't know. I I, I, I often think about the where the love heart comes from, because I have love for everyone, right? But that's what the Jesus inside of me. Jesus, Mm -hmm. the Jesus in me loves everyone. So it's not like I could hate anyone. I I go up and I love everyone. But then when I love hard, it's like, is that out of a place of need inside of me? Like, is there a hole inside of me that I'm trying to fill with somebody else or something Mm -hmm. else, right? 
And I, I, I think maybe the that. I think maybe that's the toxic side of it. Yeah. I think the toxic side is loving everybody because you're trying to fill something within you. But I think we are supposed to love everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, we're supposed to love, love like Christ loves. Yeah. You know, like without without you know whatever prejudice, like anything like that. Like we're supposed to forgive, as we have been forgiven. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're supposed to love like Christ has loved us. You know, and and He does it so unconditionally. Um, but I think there's a difference between the the love hard because that's what Christ would do and the love hard because I'm trying to fill a mm -hmm. void. And it's like, it's almost a fine line between the two of them. Um, and it's it's definitely a check your heart situation. Mm -hmm. Like, at least for me, it's it's constantly like, where are you doing this for the approval of man? Or are you doing this because this is what you're supposed to do? And so that's where I'm at. Like, trying not to dive in deep first, you know, mm -hmm. like always, always being the one to to do everything so quickly. Um, and I think I think it's also like I need to be more skeptical in a sense because I'm very trusting as well. Uh -huh. Because of those high expectations that I have for people, I'm like, like, like I, have I have it for myself, myself so, I have, so I have it for people. Yeah. And so... I know that I'm not going to do anything to hurt you. Like, I'm not going to go out of my way to do you wrong. But then I'm expecting you to also not hurt me. Not do me wrong, you know? That's a whole different thing. It's hard because people, like, we will fail each other. Ultimately, we're going to we're gonna hurt each other. You know, like, we're sinful. We're sinful beings, man. And so I can't always, like, there's no guarantee that even in marriage, like, even you being married to Liesl, like, there's no guarantee that you're always going to be tippity-top husband of the month, you know, like, like, and she's not always going to be tippity-top wife of the month, you know. We fail each other. And so it's just really, I think it all comes back to checking your heart, you know, what is this for? Why am I doing this? I and I realize that I do this because I want people to love me. I like I, I want to be seen as valuable. Mm -hmm. But it's like my value already comes from the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, like my my self worth. Um, I'm already loved unconditionally. I'm already chosen. Um, seen as a jewel. Mm -hmm. You know, for Him and and a prize. And I don't need to continually do all this stuff in order to be accepted in order to be loved and that's a hard pill to swallow and that's a hard thing to unlearn and it's what i'm having to unlearn right now yeah hear me out hear me out hear me out this is something that me and lisa talk about quite a bit the jesus sprinkle side of things um a real issue covered up with the real reason right with the with the real uh Words are just leaving my head. Like as soon as I was like, oh, words are just gone. But it's like a real situation, a valid, a valid need, a valid want, or a valid thing that we uh, are struggling with, and um, we replace it with Jesus, right? Because Jesus is the answer. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like Jesus gave us therapists. You know, it's like Jesus oh, has yeah. doctors. Jesus have different ways for you yeah. to reach a, a conclusion, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and in a sense of Jesus sprinkles on some things. Like, it's like, oh, I have a need to uh, feel loved by others, even though I understand that Jesus said I'm chosen. Jesus says he loves me unconditional. He says I'm, I'm mm -hmm. the uh, daughter or son of a king, and I, I, have yeah. all these, I have all this authority and all this power, but in my heart there's still a need for love. And 
uh, what the church tends to do, I'm speaking in church in general, not the church I go to, but the yeah. church in general as the body of Christ, we tend to um, throw it back throw on back. Jesus. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I have a, I have a, I'm struggling with accepting the authority or the power that I'm given. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe. maybe. Or you've been through this when you were little and mm-hmm. you, your mother may have said this a couple of times and you subconsciously written over it in your mind. And now what seems regular is actually something that you need to work on. And you're saying that, you know, you're having trouble accepting the power and the authority that Jesus is giving you. Maybe that's true. true. But you also have this underlying thing that you've been dealing with as a while that you just don't pay attention to anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So just the Jesus sprinkles. Just I I ask everybody, whoever's listening, you and me, just like to be Mm -hmm. aware of the actual issues that may be going on in our lives. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been in counseling. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah. The, this I is not like a, everyone. you know, I, I, it's definitely, but those things do go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It is the things that I've struggled with in my life, but also like it is, you know, whatever struggle I have spiritually, you know, like they go, they collide and both of those can be solved by Christ. Yes. Like they both are solved by Christ, but also like, if you need outside help, go get outside help. You know, um, I'm very much an advocate for speaking to someone, whether you're in count, like biblical counseling. I, I recommend, highly recommend like a Christian counselor, you know, but whether you're going to see like just a counselor or whether you're going to see like a psychologist, mm-hmm. like, you know, I either one, you know, whatever it is, get some kind of help, you know, um, don't just, try to figure it out by yourself and and try and um self-medicate in whatever mm-hmm. way that means not even with medicine you know like self-diagnose like go talk to someone who knows what they're talking about some medical professionals you know like, you know, like get, help. get help um and so i definitely think those two go hand in hand it's not just a oh yeah well i'm struggling with this oh well jesus is gonna fix it he absolutely will fix it he absolutely will but get to the root of the issue yeah like if you were abused as a child and now you're struggling with all these other things, well, you know, God gave us exactly what you said. God gave us therapists. God gave us people who have wisdom to help us through these, these, these things. And so go talk to someone who can speak life into you biblically, but also help you navigate the things that have hurt you in your past. And I definitely think that those things go hand in hand. It's not, I think, I think we're, doing we're doing people a disservice when we're just like, oh, oh yeah, Jesus is going to fix it. He is going to fix it. He heals everything. Like, yes. he heals us, but we can have healing through speaking to a medical professional, like a mental health professional, you know? He fixes it and how? It's like, oh, Jesus is going to fix this. He, you expect him to just snap his fingers? or you? Yeah. And, and for some people, that has happened. You know, like, some people, you know, go from living their life with depression to, you know, finding the Lord and not ever having to deal with that ever again. You know, like, stuff like that. Crazy stuff that only he can do. But for other people... You need to go talk to a medical professional because you, know you know what? Maybe sometimes it's a pride issue. Yeah. You know, for me, like for me, it's like I don't want to be seen as someone that needs help. Mm-hmm. And, so and so I'm not, not going to go say anything to anybody because I don't want anybody, I don't want anybody to know help. that I need help. I need no help. 
Uh, yeah, right. It's yeah. asking for prayer is like one of the hardest things really? for me because I don't want other people to know that I go through things. You know, like <laughs> I I want to be seen as the person who is dependable and like you know has all these experiences and all this wisdom, but it's like. Where did, that, Where come did that come from? from? It's from my struggle. From my struggle. Yeah. All of the things that I have learned is from my struggle. It's from the things that have hurt me and that I've had to bring back to the Lord and I've had to say, God, heal me. Please, Lord. Like, I need you to move in my life. And this, it's whether it's been through dealing with chronic pain, whether it's like the failings of relationships, you know, like just many things in my life. I have become the person I've become because those things have shaped me. And how am I going to just stand over in the corner and say that there's nothing wrong with me when there has been something wrong with me many times in my life? And so I need to put my pride to the side of not wanting to be this like perfect person and go get in the altar and go fall on my face and go weep before the Lord. And um, and it's been something that's something that's been the Lord's been working on on me within the last couple of years is really humbling myself to allow people to see me, not just as a person who has it all figured out. I it's come from trial and error. It's come from learning from my mistakes. It's come from the heartbreak of things, um, and the pain of it. Um, that's where it all comes from. It's not from me being with being perfect and like church girl or whatever you know like that's not where any of that comes from and that's that's fake is what it is that's fake and i want to be as real as i possibly can be with people how much do you think that is like um built up and like drawn aback from being in church your whole life and like being someone that people will see and know like oh if she's been in church for you know as long as she's been alive and she's known God, for as long as she'd been alive, there's no way that she's dealing with the things that she's dealing with. I think it's less, I think that it's it's less so, it's a little bit of that, but it's more like, I was a pastor's kid, mm-hmm. and so like wanting to be someone that others could look on, and it's also, I didn't grow up in a big church. Yeah, We were a hundred at our max, like. So I wore a lot of hats. Me and my siblings wore a lot of hats. We did a lot of things. Um, And so it kind of, I had to be dependable um, because my family and a couple other families were all that was there that was, like, I I led worship. I led the youth that we had, the very little youth that we had. I taught in kids' church. Like, I I did those three things um, because somebody had to do it. And obviously we would rotate out with other people, but, like, that's you know that's what we did and so it kind of it's it it plays into that like i've been looked at for a really long time by other people mm-hmm. um and i think i just never wanted to crack the the image because i it, it stems from not wanting people to be disappointed in me that's where it all stems from is like not wanting people to see how actually jacked up and like how sad and how angry and how judgmental I can be. And so I don't want people to see that and then be disappointed in who they thought I was. It's crazy because 
coming from like the similarities that we do have like i was a i'm a preacher's kid right my dad was a pastor um not like a he he was a from the church i came from um Mm -hmm. pentecostal background yes it's like you know that there's pastors but my church was like old school so there was just like a head pastor and then there's mm-hmm. like a yeah, associate yeah. pastor the, uh, mm-hmm. under that it's like ministers and elders and, and my dad mm-hmm. was an elder right yeah yeah which is however many however years it is years. in ministry and then this much of school that you go through and then you get you take a test and you get your badge that says elder yeah. i yeah. guess and you know this much whatever the whatever criteria the is right but then yeah. growing up in church and then being like an elder's kid and watching these people tell me, oh, you're not supposed to act like that, or why mm-hmm. are you doing this? You acting now, you know who your father is, and I'm mm-hmm. that. If I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, that caused you to then shut off the vulnerability and the transparency side of your life to be the image that they would see, that that they will want to see, right? Or am I am I reading that wrong? It was more like, because I don't feel like I ever had anybody within our church mm-hmm. being like, hey, don't do that, or like, whatever. I think it more came from inside myself. Okay. And it's probably, it's probably like an oldest daughter kind of thing, too, you know, like, that's like, I got a lot going on for me. Um, and so, like, I'm trying to, I don't know what, like, I don't know why it comes from that. I think it maybe something happened like you know that's not true when i was younger i remember seeing my parents argue and there was one time that they were arguing that i can replay in my head like i don't even remember what they were saying but i remember how i felt and i remember what happened and like and it may not be from that event, and maybe it is that event, but, like, but for, like, the for the rest of my life, life like, I felt like I have had to be peacekeeper, mm-hmm. and peacekeeper can't break, yeah. because if peacekeeper breaks, then there's not going to be any peace, you know, like, like uh, so all of the feelings of having to be perfect and having to have everything together and not mess up and all this, like, it's coming from within myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I never never necessarily felt felt like other people people were putting that pressure on me. In a sense, sense, yes, yes, because I knew that my, like my parents, parents, yes, because I knew that they were depending depending on me because it was our family doing the thing. And if it was never like, well, Bailey, you messed up and you're bad. Like I never heard that from my parents. Like that was never, but it within myself, I was like, I need to carry this weight with them. You know, and that's a lot to carry as uh, as a kid, you know, as a Definitely. teenager. And that just comes with the weight of being the pastor's family. Mm-hmm. One day, I hope to God that our pastor's children will never have to feel that weight, but they will. Yeah, they will. It'd be worse. It, it comes. It's a. It's not just the 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 pastor holding up the church. It is the pastor's family going with him and walking in that calling mm-hmm. with him. You know, for, it, it, for like even for for I'm, even for female pastors too, it is the it's Pastor Lauren, like guiding the ship of kids ministry, but also her husband mm-hmm. who is doing it with her, and also her teenage sons who do it with her as well. Yeah. So it's a big mantle that pastors carry. Yeah, they are the shepherds, you know, and so it just I think it was just growing up in the small church environment and. Um, 
feeling that I had to contribute so much to our family. That's not to say that your ex- like that experience that you have is not valid because I know so many pastors' kids who have felt that exact same way, who felt like they were in a fishbowl and had all eyes on them and were constantly being called out by other people or felt like other people are going to talk about them because of what they were doing. And so that's part of why they would leave the church oh, yeah. and maybe after, well. you know, uh, like, didn't care. I, I understand that too. Yeah. Um, but that just for me, that wasn't my experience. It honestly was mainly intrinsic, mm-hmm. you know, like it was all intrinsically motivated, all my negative feelings or whatever. Like, just like put on you I just, by you. Yeah. yeah, honestly, it put on me by me. Twisted, twisted by the enemy, by the enemy you yeah. know, like he used it against you. Oh, once it was oh for you. sure, yeah, for sure. All of those feelings of of wanting to help, of wanting to love people, like turns into manipulation, mm-hmm. and you know, like getting what I want. You yeah. know, it's like uh, that's something, and that's something that I'm also having to deal with too. Is like it's it's being a manipulator. Like I I'm not intentionally trying to to get what I want, but I am at the same time. Like I, when I look back on, I'm going to use my past, my last relationship too. When I look back on that, like I, there's a line in a Taylor Swift song that's called Mastermind. And she talks about how laying the dominoes and then basically like watching them fall. Like she put them there. Like, why are we surprised that this is happening? Because she put them there. And that's how I feel a little bit about that last relationship because I was the pursuer in it. I was the one that was like, doing this and saying this and texting this and you know like not that he wasn't interested because he definitely was we wouldn't have gone out if he wasn't interested but i also i was the pursuer in that and so i feel like i was laying the groundwork for what was going on when i didn't i didn't have to but i wanted it so bad that i laid the groundwork for it and we probably we should not have been in a relationship when we were in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I think maybe if we had been a couple years older and a little bit more mature and had a little bit more life on us and things figured out, like we could have, we could have been okay. But like, it wasn't the right time. But I wanted it, and so I, I let it happen. Um, and God let me let it happen. Like, push hard enough. Oh, you you do. You push hard enough for something. When the Lord is telling you you don't need to do that, you know, He'll let you have it. You know, like I was I was not gonna I was not gonna reject that guy. I was not gonna reject that guy. The way that he looks, the way that he is, I was not gonna reject that guy. Like I needed it for my own self esteem. Um, and so I. I manipulated. I did what I had to. (laughs) You know, like not in like a, not in like a dirty way. Like, like not like that. Like, like, like I, I, I said what I needed to say. Like within my inch, like being interested in him, and like, um, you did what you had to do. I did what I had to do, and it ended up coming back and biting me in the butt. It always does. You know, which sucks, but at the same time, it's like. I learned from that, from that. Mm-hmm. and the Lord, and the knew, Lord I knew I was going to learn from that, and, and I learned, I learned that, that I'm not doing again. that again. You know, oh, oh yeah, like, oh, oh, for sure, and that's but definitely what I did. Like, I, I don't ever want to 
take that approach. And so now I'm very conscious when I'm like in the after, if I'm interested in somebody like to not repeat the behaviors that I had before. Because going into that relationship, I said I wasn't going to repeat behaviors that I had before. And I absolutely did. And like, I think this was a catalyst. I think it was a catalyst for him to realize different things in his life that needed to like that needed to take importance. Yeah. And for me, it was like realizing all the negative things that I was bringing in from my other stuff, and not repeating those things again. It is not just in a romantic relationship. What am I doing in my regular relationships that I'm doing here too? And I don't want to do those things. Like. And maybe, and maybe that goes back to my perfectionism, too. But, like, I just don't. It's all, it all just connects. But, like, I just don't want to be that person who says certain things or does certain things to get what they want. Like, I hate that kind of person. manipulators. And I don't want to be that person, you know? And so if... This relationship failing so hard <laughs> was to get me to really wake up and see, um, then so be it, you know, like, then I'm glad that it ended, and I'm glad that he realized a lot about himself and, like, what he needed to do, and I realized a lot about myself and what I need to do going forward, and I I just want to be as healthy as I possibly can, you know, and and because I don't want to go into another relationship with the same kind of unhealthy habits mm-hmm. like i don't want another relationship to crash and burn like, you know like that that, that sucks, that sucks. It, hurts it, hurts. it hurts it hurts and i don't want my friendships to crash and burn mm-hmm. i don't want um relationships with my coworkers to become that now, uh, hear me out. Hear me out. yeah how do you gauge that mm-hmm. not wanting them to crash and burn mm-hmm. while drawing the line of not being a people pleaser like, how do I, how do I... Just make it, like, how do not, you say, I don't want my relationships to crash and burn, so therefore I'm going to work on uh, this area of myself, oh, right? Oh, I got gotcha. you, yeah. not mm-hmm. falling in, you know, why you still why figure you still out, because you say you're figuring out how not to please people or, like, how not to put people over you. So how mm-hmm. do you gauge that ground that you're trying to walk yeah. on? Yeah. Can't be seen as small, right? So, you know, how do you work on you without... Mm. Let me take it back. Mm. How do you garner and cultivate friendships and relationships the right way while not also putting yourself in a place where you can be... uh, Or you can fall back into the place of pleasing them? Mm -hmm. I think I... I kind of have to look at what I'm doing. Like, what is my behavior? Mm-hmm. Like, am I... How do I say this? Like, do I actually want a relationship with this person? Okay. I think is what it is. Or am I talking to this person because I know that it'll give me a connection somewhere? Or it'll, like, lead to something else? You know, like, I don't want to just hit somebody up because I need something mm-hmm. or, you know, like here's, here's, here's one of my issues with, and, like, and like, is that, is that I, would, I would, I would be the initiator of everything. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like it wasn't organic. Like, this is what I mean by like the mastermind thing. Like it wasn't organic that we were talking all the time 
it was because I was, I was the one doing all the talking. Okay. And so, and so I, I don't want to be the one doing all the talking anymore. And so when I'm not doing all the talking, that leaves room for me to not have to please a bunch of people. Like, I'm not lending myself out to getting hurt by giving more of myself because I was giving of myself by doing all the talking, you know, like by continually reaching out and reaching out and reaching out. And there's nothing wrong with, like, trying to build a relationship with someone, but, like, there also has to be a limit, I think. Like you were saying earlier, if they're not reciprocating what you're putting down, like you kind of just have to say, okay, and I'm going to leave that. And I didn't. I was relentless. Like even when, even when I was being shown that the other person could not reciprocate what I was putting down, I was like, well, it's okay. I'm going to love them anyways because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to keep going. Until... Like literally, like like God was telling me, Bailey, you shouldn't, yeah. like you shouldn't be giving all of that, and and I didn't want to listen to it because I wanted what I wanted, yeah. you know. And I think that's how I have to look at this. Like, yes, I'm gonna try and build relationships with people, but also it's a two way street. Definitely. Like, I don't have to give everything of myself to just anyone, you know. Am I going to love them? Yes. Of course. Like I am going to love them, but I'm not going to have to give them all of my time and all of my energy. Like, and energy and time, I mean, like, I'm not going to have to think about, oh, I should talk to them about this. Or, like, I I said I was going to message them about this, so I need to do this. And, like, oh, they thought they would think that was funny. So I should, like, just constantly thinking about these other people. When I have other stuff going on. Like, She's I in can't. Four ministries. Yeah. I got a lot of stuff going on. I can't constantly be thinking about like, what can I say or what can I do to like make somebody happy? And that I think sounds terrible. And that's not what I mean. Like I don't care about other people. I do. I do care so much. I care about other people's lives and what's going on in them. I care about how they're doing and how their family is doing like i care about all of that kind of stuff but at the same time like i can't be the only one constantly putting in all the effort Mm -hmm. um and it's not that's not coming from a spiteful place that's not coming from a a bitter place that's just coming from knowing that there are other things that i have to get done and like i can't constantly putting my effort towards that like, uh, I can't be putting my effort towards that friendship. Yes, I, yes, I want to check in on you. Yes, I want to yes, say, hey, I've been thinking about you. Um, how are you doing? Yeah. And I absolutely will do that because it's genu- that's genuine. That's true. But, like, but like I'm not, not going to be sending you TikToks at 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> anymore. You know, like, like, do you see what I mean? Yeah, like, it's yeah. like the effort that is being, like, like you know, you know like, I... I I want to check in. I want to see how you're doing. If you want to hang out, let's hang out. You know, but I can't constantly be the only one doing all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if somebody says to me, "Well, you," I feel like I don't see anyone. I haven't heard from you. It's like you don't. Well, you know, like <laughs> yeah, you might not have, but that doesn't mean I love you any less. You know, it doesn't mean I don't care. I do care. 
Um, but also, you didn't ask me how I was the last four times I asked you how you were, you know? And that's not what it's about. Like, that makes me sound really bitter, but it's like, I, I, I still care about you anyways, you know? We hear your heart. No, no, we hear your words, but we feel your heart. And I get it. It makes me, I, I, like, I hate talking about this kind of stuff because I, I, in me, it's like, you sound like such a bad Christian. You don't actually love people. You just love what they can give you. Like, it's all of those, those kind of feelings, which are not true. But here's the but thing. Here's, here's the, the thing. thing. There's one thing there's to love people as a Christian. I feel there's one thing to love somebody as a Christian. Like, I love everybody, right? Anybody mm-hmm. I come in contact with, there's already a love there for you. And you don't, I don't even know your name, right? There's already yeah. love there for you. But when we're talking about relationships, I'm not going to have relationships with everybody. So if That's for fair. you to have standards when it comes to relationships versus for you to have standards when it comes to everybody as general, mm-hmm. two different things. So if you want to be yeah. selfish when it comes to relationships because you need these things from people, so mm-hmm. be it. It is what it is, yeah. right? That's what standards are, you know? But mm-hmm. if these people can't meet your standards, cool. Once again, yeah. I love everybody. I'm not going to have a relationship with everybody. Yeah. Simple as that, right? Yeah. And I don't want you to stress yourself out over the fact of like, oh, I love these people this much and this hard, but then... They can't give me what I need. Not everybody's going to be able to give you what you need. And those right. people don't deserve the yeah. title of being your friend or friendship yeah. or whatever relationship mm-hmm. it is, right? That's just the way it is. And mm-hmm. when due time comes and you find that significant other and he's able to give you all that you need, right. it will right. therefore, he will then deserve the title that he gets, right? Yeah. yeah. Love everyone. We love everyone. Yeah. Everybody's not my friend. Everybody will never yeah. be a friend, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just making sure your heart at least has that differentiating. I I at least can give you the um, the peace of mind when it comes to yeah finding friends seems a little selfish. <laughs> it seems a little selfish. I'm like hey I check on you every day, but then you're not checking mm-hmm. on me back, so I don't really feel the love. I'm gonna give love, but I don't yeah. feel the love. And if I can't yeah. feel the love, I don't want a relationship. Simple mm-hmm. as that, right? And I'm moving on to the next, and that's what happens until you get that person where you give the love and you feel the love. And then this exchange becomes something that you're excited to have and mm-hmm. you look forward to talking to this person. And this is platonic, right? This is not even like yeah. anything. This is like, okay, now I have a person that I can call and I know genuinely that they want to hear my voice. And I know genuinely that they want to they wanna have this conversation and they're here for me even when we sit down and I talk for an hour and they say nothing. They're gonna, mm-hmm. We're going to get up. We're going to leave. We're going to hug once again. I love each other. And guess what? I could call them tomorrow, do it again, and they'll be there to listen again. Because mm-hmm. that's just, that's like genuine love. That's the genuine friendship. Rather than having that person where it's like, um, I like this person. Um, Hey, I'm going to text them. Hey, this is me giving myself to you. And then when you go to call them, they never pick up. Or mm-hmm. when it's time to meet up, they never invite you somewhere, but you're constantly inviting them somewhere, right? That mm-hmm. reciprocation is necessary when it comes to relationships. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to be in a relationship with you. Yeah. So just give me that peace of mind. Hopefully. I hope. I, I do a little something. But yeah. No, yeah. No. Here we are. Here we are. This is the part of the podcast where we wrap it we up. Wrap it but, but always I want to make space for you to give them your heart. Right? Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you were to leave them with anything, I want you to leave them with something. So... Give us just your last your words last. for them. Something that they can take home. If this be the only part of the podcast that they hear, what do you want them to hear from you? Um, I think that, um, I think for me, one of the things that I love about God so much is that 
he is a God that sees us. Mm. Um, so even though I feel all the things that I feel and I don't want anybody else to see them, he still sees all of it and he doesn't run away from it. In fact, he comes even closer Mm. um, and wants to be even closer than anybody else. Um, and so I think if anybody feels like they, like that I do where they don't want anybody to see what parts of them that they dislike so much, like know that the Lord sees them and he still loves you. Mm. Um, and, and also like, like he sees your sin and he forgives your sin. You know, if you ask for forgiveness, like he will forgive you, you know, um, and so he sees it, he sees it, he hates the sin, he doesn't want that part of, like, that to be part of you, but he forgives you, you know, he still forgives that part of you, you know, he went to the cross for, for you, to forgive you of those things, to pay that debt, um, so also give yourself grace, um, allow yourself to, to mess up, um, and not beat yourself up for the rest of your life about that mess up, because you know what, once you've asked for forgiveness, is gone, mm-hmm. you know, like it doesn't even matter anymore. Um, you know, and obviously we should continue to walk, um, in the ways of Christ and, and looking to him for, for guidance and everything. But like the Lord sees you, he sees your heart, even when you don't want other people to see you, like he's there and he loves you and he cares about you. Um, and he wants what's best for you because he's a good father. So, yeah. Well, yeah, we would like to thank you for this moment. We would like to thank you for the podcast, for Bailey, her vulnerability, her transparency, just her giving her, uh, giving us the gift of her and her heart, God. We just ask that for anyone who may be listening, anyone who sees this, God, that they be, be touched by your words, you know, our, our life, God, used as a testimony for your people. We just ask that you continue to work on hearts, continue to open minds, God, continue to to soften us in the places that we are, God, to recognize that it doesn't matter. There is no sin that can separate us from your love, God. Just ask that you touch hearts, touch minds, God. Begin to just move in people's lives like never before. Um, We thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, God, and what you're going to do. We thank you for this place, your presence here with us, God. And um, we just ask that you continue to do what you do, God. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bailey, thank you for joining. Thank you wow. for your gift of your stories, your point of view, <laughs> and just you just being you, because that's what we're we're most um we're most thankful for, because nobody can be you like you are you, and your point of views are very very very. I was gonna say innocent, but not innocent. They're very loving. Like you have a lot of love to give, and you really project that love onto others. And um, I'm praying for you. And your, and your, and your, your growth, you know, uh, and, and all you. the areas, all the yeah. areas that we spoke about, um, mm-hmm. whether it's be relationships or just individually, I'm praying for your growth. I'm praying that you know, <sighs> even those people you come in contact with, man, you, <laughs> you got to, you have a huge have heart, a huge and heart. Uh, people like huge mm-hmm. hearts because they can take advantage of it. And I just yeah. pray yeah. that you know, if you can't stop them from taking advantage, you can just become aware of, you know, the evil ones around you yeah. who may be seeking and selfish. I'm thankful for discernment and all of that. Exactly. You know, like right. that's, that's the biggest thing. And I think that's what it comes back to is discernment, you know, mm-hmm. relying on that more than anything else. So once again, we thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here with us. Of course. Thank you for having me. And until next time, peace. See ya. See ya.